it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. (laughs) It is January 2nd, and joining me this morning by Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, uh, how was your uh, New Year's Eve? Yeah, it was pretty pretty quiet. Went into uh, the new year in um, pretty good spirits. Uh, Was thinking about the Islanders basically all day because of the way they uh, finished 2022. Mm. Um, And now, you know, the with with the way the season has gone it's uh you know we're now two days into 2023 and or second day into 2023 and um now my my, the way i'm thinking about the islanders for this calendar year is completely changed uh because (laughs) just just one result but uh yeah how was yours uh well uh, it was okay it was very quiet i was i've been sick all week i had off all week from work and i've had a cold the entire time and it sucked because everything i wanted to do didn't get done uh so uh i gotta try and cram everything in uh before today before i go to back to work tomorrow and uh but it it was fine we watched uh what, what movie did we watch um oh we watched the uncharted movie uh the tom holland uh uh, Mark Wahlberg movie based on the Sony video games, and uh, it was fine. It was really nothing. It was not good or bad. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> and so I recommend if you have a mother-in-law and a sister-in-law and a daughter who's 12 and a wife, uh, it's a, a movie everybody can kind of enjoy or at least tolerate for, <laughs> for two hours. And uh, it makes you want to go play video games, which is fun. But uh, I agree with you. Um, the Islanders have played one game so far in 2023, and it sucked. 
and uh, really kind of tainted what had been uh, a fun ride for a couple of days. So I will give you the choice. Do you want to talk about the bad or do you want to talk about the good? Because we can talk about the bad last game that the Islanders just played in Seattle or the good, which is the two games they played prior uh, against the Penguins and Blue Jackets. So what would you rather? Where would you rather start? Let's start with the good, because I want to build towards um, what was uh, the game in Seattle on ESPN with uh, Leah Hextall on the mic. Um, (laughs) I just don't want to talk about that just yet. Let's I want to talk about the good stuff. Okay. Uh, because I think they all actually are relative because mm-hmm. so what, what was so encouraging about the way the Islanders both went into the break with that game against Florida and the way they came out of the break with the wins over regulation win over Pittsburgh in mm-hmm. their best game of the season. And then a, you know, take care of business kind of win against the blue jackets, a game that they just absolutely couldn't afford to get less than two points against. And they did, mm-hmm. um, they did get the two points in, in what I thought was just, you know, very, much both those games looked like the islanders from the bub, um the shortened season where yes they had a, a game plan they executed the game plan and uh you know against the penguins it, it was a swarming style of hockey and then they adjusted against the, the blue jackets and played a much more you know probing pragmatic style they knew that you know if, if in, in all likelihood they should win the game as long as they play you know within their structure and they did and but what what was most encouraging about it was you look at the lineup that they played with, mm. right? Casey Zizekas playing in the top six, Hudson Fashing, <laughs> you know, getting big minutes, and and Parker Watherspoon uh, playing with Ryan Pollock. Uh, Ross Johnston was in for the Blue Jackets game. It's Atu Ratu centering. I mean, t- you want to have some PTSD back to the. Pandolfo Reasoner, Nita Rider line, I'll serve up, <laughs> you know, Johnston, um, mm. Martin, and Ratu. And that's something that, that we had called a, c- a couple episodes ago. We also called right. the, the Eli Tol- Tolvin and goal, you know, like, yep. we we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy's going to score his first goal with whoever he signs with <laughs> against the Islanders. And um, that happened. But um, mm. so to, to get four out of four points, or actually six out of six points, really, with that lineup. Um, also, you know, no Simeon Varlamov, so it's all Sorokin and, and he, he was great, I think in all, all games. And, um, one of those wins coming against the Penguins, there was so much to like about it, but what, what ends up happening in these, in these runs is you, you win those, those three games in a row and, and you think, okay, like this lineup, you want to like squeeze it for almost all it's worth and then make changes after uh, the bad result comes, and and I think that's natural, and I think most teams do it. It's not an Islanders thing, and they fly out to Seattle, and and the Islanders give actually give a bit of useful news for the first time in a while, which was you know Palmieri, Clutterbuck, and Varlamov are okay to travel and may play in the Pacific Northwest trip. Wallstrom, Holmstrom, and uh, Pellick would not. And you're thinking, okay, like we got to get one of those bodies in the lineup at least because it's okay to play with Russ Johnston in a lineup every now and then. I I, I truly believe that. Like I I get that there's obviously something to his. We, we've talked a lot about his existence as an NHLer, and his career is going to go down as one of maybe the most bizarre careers in in the salary cap era, um, because most guys like that end up bouncing around. Like you think mm. about like Tom Kostopoulos yeah. or like Sestito and guys like that, like they just end up, you know, be, 
signing even Ryan Reeves, what Ryan Reeves is doing. Right. You, you kind of just like these guys just end up, you know, floating around. They get They're brought great in have... for toughness. Yeah. They right. Get brought exactly. in for toughness to to gritty up a team. And right. um, and he, and I think he's fine to have like whatever right. on the roster, um, uh, and plug and play because he does. There is a like for like switch, and it's Matt Martin. But when you have him and Matt Martin in the lineup together, and I think Martin's been really good this season. This isn't a slight on him. Uh, you're really playing with fire, and you can get away with it against the Blue Jackets. But once you step up in class a little bit, you're now playing um, with with a forward group that consists of a struggling, you know, if you start from the top, a struggling Josh Bailey, Hudson Fashion, who's punching above his weight, been very effective. Um, a, a rookie center who's a top six player, not a bottom, mm. you know, fourth line guy. Uh, Ross Johnston and 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 Matt Martin in this case. Those mm. things kind of pile up. So, w- what was so encouraging about the, those wins is uh, like you. The, I think the right of, the right attitude was okay. We we kind of survived. Not only did we survive this kind of little storm here, um, we thrived in it. Now let's get the the bodies back in. So then when the lineup was base was the same, down to Schneider backing up Sorokin, it was a a little foreboding, I guess to, we could say. And mm. and the Islanders, I I like you could tell like that game. They they were just struggling from the second the puck dropped because uh, like they just yeah. they didn't have as they didn't have enough talent on the ice like they I was sitting at the, towards the end of the game begging for du- Hudson Fashing to be double shifted because <laughs> like we we needed somebody to to kind of you know generate something and there's like five guys right now who can do that and and for yeah. some somehow he's one of them. Um, yeah. so that's why yeah. like there was so much good that built into it. And then it gets, it, you know, the deflate, it, it, it gets deflated basically, uh, because this team, all those problems that we know that this team has are now, you know, like they could come home to roost on this Ooh. trip. You look, you know, you look at what the Islanders are dealing with. They, they got to win in, on Tuesday night in Vancouver. Cause then you mm-hmm. got the Alberta two step back to back against Edmonton and, uh, Calgary Thursday and Friday. Uh, and like, the the metro is just unrelenting. Carolina yeah. in first fifty six points as we record. Then it's the Devils at forty nine, uh, Caps forty seven, Rangers forty six, Penguins and Islanders at forty four. But the Penguins have played two less games. The Islanders have just a game in hand on 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 Washington. And, and the Canes, Caps, and Rangers are all on long winning streaks now. The Hurricanes have won eleven in a row. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. And so. the, like the, the the only two teams are now like the the Penguins are starting to struggle a little bit. Right. Like. Yeah. So you could come back from this road trip, which you went into with all this momentum uh, because of all the good things that they had accomplished and, and things could look really ugly uh, mm. by the time we talk on Sunday or Monday. So mm. that's that's why I think like, you know, the good kind of leads into the bad because they they played well enough to give them a, a, a real shot here. They're when, now that the kind of tone around the league with, uh, you know, the, the way that the Metro is being covered is like it's six deep. And I think, you know, 10 days ago, they would have said it's five deep. Um, and now the Islanders started to get like a little bit of respect with that three game winning streak. And uh, they, they, they're going to need to come back um, from these three games with at least four points, I would mm. say. And, and that's scary because if you look at the lineup, if <laughs> Kyle Palmieri is not back soon, uh, mm. it's, it's going to be a problem. So like as proud as I am, of the way that they played in those, those that Panthers, Penguins, Blue Jackets little stretch at home. 
uh, now I'm just, you know, horrified at, at what's to come because <laughs> they need, right. they, they need bodies. And and if it's not, if it's, if these guys aren't going to get healthy, like now's the time, like this team mm. doesn't have the runway or like the, the luxury of being in the middle of like a three or four year window. It's, this is, mm. this is basically it. Like, so if you're not going to go all in this season, like what you're, what are you saving it for? Um, so like there's there's just a lot of things that are kind of circling this team that um are both exciting cuz I think it's great that they're in the playoff mix after not being in it last year but also it can it can they can be out of the playoff mix um yeah in a sense yeah. yeah basically I mean yeah no I think that that's all well said like I mean there's a lot going on um and I just, I don't know. Well, we'll get to the, the guys coming back to the lineup in a second, but let's start with the go, just go over the games real quick. So yeah, they beat the Penguins 5-1 coming out of the break. This has to have been this. Yeah. I mean, this was probably their best game of the season. Certainly the most enjoyable game for me this season, as I said last year, the last week that a lot of these games have just not been compatible with my lifestyle. This one was very much compatible with my lifestyle. It looked like, you know, uh, they took a lead a minute in, on Landers League goal. And then it looked like there was going to be the usual sort of Penguins screw job kind of, you know, referee shenanigans going on. Uh, they got a goal called good, but then it got called back because they were off sides. Um, P.O. Joseph ties the game. There's a whole bunch of weird bounces. And you're like, oh, I've seen this. Oh, you know, I've seen this game before. But um, oh, that was the game where Oliver Wallstrom got hurt. He went up and over some guy. And you're like, okay, I've seen this before where they play well and they lose because it's the Penguins. It always happens. But the second period, they absolutely dominated. Uh, Barzell tipped a fashing shot that went in. Bailey scored into an empty net for the most part because Tristan Jari was off God knows where and uh, being faked out by Noah Dobson. Barzell scored again. They had outshot the Penguins 20-4. to uh, And then the Penguins came out with a little bit of pressure in the third period, but Lee scored again. And uh, that was it. That was all she wrote. Uh, Sorokin only had to make 19 saves, which for him – is, you know, uh, a, a day off, essentially. And uh, it was a real, I wrote down 60-minute effort here. Like, it was a really, really good game, the kind of game you wanted to see them coming out of the break with, especially against a team like the Penguins. We heard all the, oh, they couldn't fly in. We'll get to the Leafs flying situation uh, very near towards the end of the episode. But, uh, you know, oh, they couldn't fly. They had to fly in that morning. They couldn't skate, blah, blah. This was a bad game for the Penguins. Maybe it was a good game for the Islanders. Like, did anybody ever think of that? No, it had to be a bad game for the Penguins. Uh, so, uh, but whatever it was, it was a five, one Islanders win. And it was really great. Um, Barzell called Bailey a beast after that <laughs> game because he had a goal and an assist, which I thought was very funny as well. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That was, a, I suppose, a beastly game from, from Josh Bailey. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what'd you think of this one? Like, I mean, again, to me, this was, if not their best game of the season, certainly the most fun for me to watch, uh, cause, uh, I enjoyed, you know, watching them really dominate the Penguins in a way that you haven't seen since you know, whatever that last playoff, even the, even the last playoff series against them, they didn't dominate really the, the first playoff series, the 2018, the 2019 one, uh, they really dominated the Penguins, but this was a lot of fun. And uh, I don't care if the Penguins were flew in that day or didn't have a morning skate or were all, you know, had the flu or what. I don't really care. They, they won and it was great to watch. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get served up good schedule spots and you got to take advantage of them. And the Islanders did. And yeah, um, yeah Bailey, that was Bailey's best game, and since his you know little one thousandth uh, career game tour that he did, where he tore the sh- the Hurricanes to shreds, and uh, which was like the- three months ago. Yeah, exactly. It was October, <laughs> right. so yeah, um, and it was right after he was healthy scratched. 
Right. Uh, the Penguins broadcast apparently called him a Penguins killer, yeah. which I think is hilarious. And then, and then I heard like his stats um, on the the pregame. I was listening to Greg Picker and Corey Wright as I was driving to the Blue Jackets game, and I think they said he's got you know Bailey's got like thirty seven points in like sixty four games against the Penguins. <laughs> Nothing like outrageous. And I'm like, if they think that's a Penguin killer, man, like every right. every Islanders Penguins game, we have to see that Sidney Crosby's most points scored. Right, uh, you know, by thirty is against the Islanders, so that's that's a, you know, your team here killer, thirty seven mm. goals and I mean I know he scored the overtime goal against uh, Jerry and um, you know he he had a great series that that series with but come on um, but yeah I mean there there was so much to like about that game the the crowd was awesome uh, listening to it on TV like that was it it felt that felt good on it ticked every box um. The the one thing was, you know, you 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 get those two points, you dominate, uh, fully deserved. But then, the, then the one nagging thing was that Oliver Wallstrom gets hurt, and the Islanders are are going through this like right. crazy injury cluster that is going, I would say, un unnoticed outside, unsurprisingly unnoticed outside of, um, you know, the Islanders camp because there's no, you know, this isn't knock on wood like Brock Nelson or Barzell or Lee getting hurt it's just their number one defenseman and basically every role playing <laughs> forward you know it became customary for a few games there that some forward would leave the game and wouldn't return and um I, I just remember thinking like okay like they can survive the Blue Jackets game because the Blue Jackets had just been so bad um but like this is kind of what I was talking about like even the, the one frustrating thing about the season is that even when things start rolling in the right direction. And there have been really have been times when, when they have, like the Islanders have had some really good stretches of play. And uh, there's just something mm. that, that kind of happens in the, in the peripherals. That's like, you know, like that's, that's just annoying. And they're just not, they're not really still not getting the rub of the luck. Maybe they are, you know, yeah. they aren't as unlucky for sure as last season, uh, especially on ice, but like off the ice, like they're, they're basically dealing with, what they dealt with last year, which is not just who who's hurt. It's, it's the amount of players that are hurt that, that just adds up. Um, but in this game, like at the same time, like Parker Wathers, Watherspoon was awesome. But yeah. Ratu, like, yeah, terrific. Like he was fine. Like he was, he's been really good. And like, there, there are also good things to talk about. And, and Watherspoon to me, it's, it's, he's becoming a little, you, you know, kind of out of nowhere becoming a key component to the season. <laughs> I think his game is like really compatible with Ryan Pollock. Um it's it's only been a few games so we have to see, but he's like he's he's quick he's a quick skater. He's very kind of no nonsense. He's not gonna really get yourself get your team in trouble. He right. makes a good first pass and um he kinda you know that it's just worked it, him and Pollock work together. Um and he's, I think, over the stretch, because I, I just don't really think Noah Dobson's been all that great for a little bit. Um, I think part of that is, has to do with the power play. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Aho, I think, is, is going through a little bit of a rough patch as well. And, you know, Romanov, Pollock, and, and Mayfield, they're being asked to do so much that all of a sudden, like, Watherspoon is one of the, the players I trust the most. And, and that Penguins game, I thought, was, was really impressive from him. And he was really good uh, against Columbus as well. Uh, so. Mm -hmm. Like, like there was, 
you know, good things, uh, so many good things to take from the game, but then that like Wallstrom thing just kind of like sticks in the back of your head <laughs> as a fan. Right. And and that's just it's so frustrating because, um, you know they they played. We'll talk about the Blue Jackets game next. I thought they played like the exact right game they had to, um, right. considering the opponent and and the lineup they were icing. Yeah. So well, yeah. So let's get into that that Blue Jackets game right there. So um, this was a two one win, and if the Penguins game was a lot of fun to watch and and really kind of got your juices going as an Islanders game, this was the exact opposite. Uh, this was a very disjointed game. Not a lot of fun to watch was, was dare I say, boring. Uh, it was not great. And that wasn't just an Islanders thing. Like the, a lot of the Blue Jackets are hurt. So the lineup was a lot of like, who's this? You know, the, the, the crowd was so dead. They didn't have, even have it in them to boo Johnny Goudreau again. Uh, so that story came and went. Uh, I thought about that later on. I'm like, yeah, nobody's booing Johnny Goudreau at this time. I guess they made their point. And frankly, this game just didn't, didn't engender that kind of, uh, uh, you know, reaction. Uh, I was zero zero on the first. Uh, we did get the first instance of the Ross Johnston Atu Ratu Matt Martin line, which we joked about uh, on our last episode, and there it was right there um, in the game. And again, I, the Islanders played fine. It was a two one win, <clears throat> but the Islanders. I mean, I I think you would probably you know the reaction from anybody that watched it would be like the Islanders kind of dominated that game a little bit. It, the the Blue Jackets really didn't have a whole lot. Uh, Matt Barzell did score on the power play, which we'll talk about after this, um, you know, which, but it wasn't like a typical power play goal. It was like a typical Matt Barzell goal. A uh, bunch of bounces ended up getting it from to Brock Nelson, who fed it over to Barzell, who scored, you know, it just happened to be on the power play. It wasn't like, you know, they set it up and scored a normal power play goal because God, why would they? Their power play is not normal in any way, shape or form. Uh, before that, J.G. Paggio had bat in another uh, Hudson Fashing shot. Uh, again, there was that man again, Hudson Fashing doing everything. Um, and uh, it would have been a shutout if uh, Emil Benstrom hadn't scored with 20 seconds to go to ruin it. But Sorokin was fantastic. He made 20 saves. Again, that's a pretty light workload for him. And uh, the, the Islanders outshot the Blue Jackets 36 to 21. So they had everything going for them. It's just um, Corpusalo was really good. And uh, the game was just very, very... I mean, it was a boring game. It was not a lot of fun to watch. I don't know if too many people are going to go back and revisit that. But <laughs> again, it was their third in a row. Division opponent. You got, you know, you, t- you called it before, taking care of business. Like, that's all it was. Wounded opponent whose season is effectively over at this point. I mean, you know, the Blue Jackets have not, their season has not gone the way anybody expected them to. So uh, it was it was a good result, if not a, uh, a terrible game to watch. Um, but yeah, the the power play, though, is always bad no matter what and you know we'll talk about their their failures in the seattle game too but man it's it's just so hard to watch and the fact that that barzell goal in this game was on the power play was almost funny to me because i was like right. this has nothing to do with the power play at all like it exactly. just so happened the exactly. islanders were on it <laughs> it could have been any time he could have scored the same exact goal anytime and he probably has but boy their power play is just so awful i can't even they can't even get the puck in their own zone in the zone they can't do anything with and and against Seattle, we'll talk about in a second, the the Kraken had more shorthanded chances against and the Islanders had power play chances for. And it's like, guys, what are we doing out here? Like, what are we, how is this, how does this happen? Like, how does a team's power play get so bad that nobody looks like they know what they're doing? And I just, I, I don't even, you know, Barzell's fine, but like everybody else is just complete. And then Dobson's a good example. Like, what happened? I don't understand. This guy was flying along and all of a sudden, like, He's just not, nothing's getting through, doesn't know where to pass, things, nothing's happening, and it's just, it's become a, a real killer for them. And it's, it's unfortunate that 
you know, it's supposed to be an advantage, but for the Islanders, it's anything but. And it's just, you know, not that that's going to lead to another losing streak, I hope, but boy, it's just, it's hard to watch. And again, the fact that it came, that their streak, they're, they're 27, uh, well, they, I guess they went over 26 before Barzell scored against the Blue Jackets. Uh, so now they're one for their last 32 or whatever <laughs> because of this stupid goal. Um, it's just embarrassing. Like, it's really, it's really, really terrible. I don't know. I don't know how this has happened. And uh, like you said, it probably leads to other problems too. Guys kind of overthinking and yeah. and just having it affect the rest of their game. Yeah, it's funny. Like the that's the first thing I said. Uh, I was at the game with my dad after they scored that power play goal. I was like, <laughs> you know, I I it's almost I almost wish it wasn't on the power play because that wasn't a right. you know the, like there was nothing power play about that goal. It was just a broken right. play and a nice pass from Nelson to Barzell. And um, you know, you want them to kind of break out of this power play slump on a you know drew it up on the whiteboard goal and but i thought like the rest of the game was just like really smart and savvy from the team like i i I thought the the coaching staff like one thing i think that's you can't really say anything about lane lambert's tenure as an islander yet because it's we're only 38 (laughs) games in and he's got them right in in the mix um which i don't think i i think he's he's basically over he's like getting he, he he's on pace to like have them in in the mix i should say like they they're mm-hmm. they're doing i think what most people probably expected them to do hang around um but they're not overachieving or underachieving by any stretch right now and uh mm-hmm. but but one thing he i thought you know he's he's been pretty quick with you know throwing things into a blender and and i thought the blue jackets game was a pretty good decision he uh started the game with fashing on the top line with barzell and Bailey or and then um quickly flipped Sezikis up there and mm. I think for this game like it worked like I was like this you know for this opponent why not like you 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 can have uh you know Sezikis be the you just don't want this game to be lost on on a on a breakdown because Barzell maybe like you know it's it drops a pass at the blue line and leads to a <laughs> you know a breakaway the other way or whatever but what what it was it worked and um, but now, yeah, he's, they, they got to sort the power play out because not only, like, not only is it bad, um, uh, you know, but it's, it's now like, a, it's like, it's a clear net negative. Um, right. and we, we've gone through this so many times with this team and, uh, this, the Islanders, it, it, you won't believe this, Dan, but the Islanders are basically the same team that they've been since you know 2017 or what? 2018 yeah like they, they haven't made any That's moves unbelievable really. yeah. yeah um and so it's not it's not, it's a you could say whatever it is but the personnel has been the same yeah for so long that this mm. it shouldn't be a a chemistry thing it's 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 like a clear lack of execution or whatever because we've seen when the islanders the islanders go cold on the power play it's the same thing over and over again i've i've watched so many bad islander power plays over my life i <laughs> you know exactly what it looks like from the second the puck is dropped on the ensuing face off they there's there's been like you know eight or nine occasions i can remember them winning the opening face off cleanly you know dobson skating to the middle of the blue line and then just passing it to nobody and and the other team going the other way or you know they it's 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 so bizarre and i think that they've just been pretty slow um to change it like yeah. why why not just blow it up and, and at least just see if you can look at you just because you you, you flip 
you know, Anthony Beauvillier and, and Brock Nelson doesn't mean that, uh, you know, the, the power play has to stay like that for the rest of the season. You can just see, just, just throw something at the wall, try to catch like a lightning in a bottle for a few games while the, the, the team gets, gets some production out of it because, you know, a one for 30 power play, like you're, you're probably cost yourself like a point or two, just, just yeah. that. Right. So, um, and that's huge right now. Like they need to sort it, sort that out, um, pretty quickly. Um, it's just, it's, it's clearly, mm. I love, I love Brock Nelson. You love, everyone loves him, but like right. he, he, what what's going on now seems to be like Nelson and, and Barzell on opposite wings, both kind of just Dobson will feed them. They'll fake a, a one-timer, give it back to mm. Dobson, get, try to get people moving, but nobody, nobody moves because they know that neither of those guys are going to score. Like, why would you, why would you sell out to block a, a shot from either of those guys on the power play? That's one for 30 right now. So. There's yeah. just nothing going right there, and now you're you're losing. You know, you lose Wallstrom, who who could have been kind of the guy to kind mm-hmm. of give the first unit a different look, and maybe it's Palmieri getting healthy. But something something's got to change and yeah. quickly, and 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 it's it's a little frustrating that that it's taken a one for thirty stretch for them to <laughs> um, be like, okay, yeah, we need to we need to change something about it because, and this is kind of what I was alluding to before about. Um, you know, the roster, like it, you can't, you have to be proactive when you're in a playoff race like this. Like you can't, you can't not, if you, if, if you're, you lost three important forwards, four really, the Holmstrom, Wallstrom, Palmieri and Clutterbuck now for considerable amount of times, like you have to be proactive. And this is, it's, it's, it's definitely an arms race between the the teams chasing Carolina, like behind Carolina and in the Metro so like you you need to get ahead of these things, otherwise yeah. you're 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 going to be playing catch up forever. So whether it is you know going out and getting reinforcing the the forward group or just doing something as simple as blowing up the power play, like it it's been clear that this power play has been struggling for a long time, yeah. um, and it's been clear that you know the Islanders need uh, some help score you know picking up the scoring oomph or you know just talent oomph for a long time. So they just it 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 needs to be taken care of before. It, it's like, oh man, if only they had made that move six days earlier. Like six days is an eternity right now <laughs> in the se- in, in the way the season's going on. Like six yeah. days from now, the Islanders will have played three games against Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary on the road. So, mm. th- like now it's now it's it's it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of becoming the person you know I never want to be where I'm like slamming my fist on the table and being like do yeah. some, or poking the stick, do something, but like. Oh do something and and <laughs> well that's know. that's how i felt last last week that's i was like i was that guy like i don't want to be that guy like i don't want to be the do something guy because i hate that guy you know, like we've talked about this like i hate that meme because whenever they do that thing that you want them to do it's never the thing that you actually wanted them to do you know it's like you say oh do something and the next thing you know your favorite player gets traded for a bag of beans <laughs> like and i don't i don't want that um but the you know the power play is enough to make people go crazy because it's terrible. And and then we mentioned, we called out Josh Bailey last time. And look, I don't want to relitigate the whole Josh Bailey career arc again for the billionth time, but like in 1027 games as an Islander, this guy has 143 power play points, which works out to 0.139 points per game, <laughs> the power play. Like that's not good. And, and I'm not trying to blame him as like, Oh, it's his fault that the power play is bad, but I'm saying, Maybe he doesn't need to be on the power play. Like, let's get him off. Remember when when Ryan Pollock was on the power play? I mean, he still is, I guess. But like, 
Remember when like they tried to make him the sort of focal point of the power play because he's got that 100 mile an hour shot and then he missed the net a billion times over the course of a season. And they were like, all right, maybe this guy's not really quite the power play guy that <laughs> we thought he was. Then they moved him to the second unit. Remember when Michael Grabner was not used on the power play at all because he wasn't a power play guy. Like he's not, you know, his his main superpower was speed. Having him on the power play really didn't serve a purpose. He was much better on the penalty kill. He was fantastic on the penalty kill, but he wasn't that great on the power play. There has to be something done. And like, this is where like Ratu and even fashing in a way, I think can be utilized. Like these guys have played the power play in Bridgeport. They, they are offensive. Well, at least Ratu is, you know, kind of an offensively minded player. Get them out there. Like, I don't understand what, what the purpose is. Like, I don't Why are they here if they're not going to try it then? Because like you said, they got to change something like this can't keep going on. And, and it's funny to me. So you, you talked about winning the power play. They get the puck. They're feeding it to either Nelson or Barzell. Everybody in the universe knows it. Lee, we all know is going to stand in front of the net and that, and then it gets easily picked off and sent the other way. That leads to phase two where they get the puck back at their own end. They try to bring it up. Dobson drops it back to Barzell skating up. He's met by four guys standing up at the blue <laughs> line. He, you know, he might squeak through one of them. But then there's another guy who's there and he takes it away or they'll dump it in. Nobody will get it and it will just get kicked back by the other team and they'll just do the whole thing over again. Like this happens every single game, every single time. Their their breakouts are, their uh, their entries, I should say, are as rote and as you know predictable as possible. Again, winning the power, you know, their sort of half court, court offense is very predictable. Sometimes they will get the puck back and they will start to cycle and they will start to set things up. But again, it just gets picked off and it just moves the other way really easily. I mean, they're just, they're like 27th in the league right now, but that's only because they had a little bit of a hot streak, I think, earlier. And they, but I mean, I can't, I can't imagine a power play that's worse than this for a team that's not tanking. Like, you know, maybe the Blackhawks power play is worse than this, but even they have Patrick Kane on it, who, by the way, I mean, the Blackhawks have won like eight games this year. So I really do feel like we're getting, I'm now I'm going to sound like an insider. I really do feel like we're getting close to an actual Patrick Kane trade because he's probably not not happy right now. But you know, he would help their power play. Sure. I'm maybe, I guess, right? He couldn't possibly make it worse. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Well, so now that we've now that we've riled ourselves up talking about how bad the Islanders power play is, let's finally get to this terrible game they played on Sunday night in Seattle. Uh, you know, it was New Year's Day. You thought, okay, they've won three in a row, it's New Year, maybe they're, you know, they're finally turning things around. Nope. They were shown up. They were embarrassed. They were globetrottered. They were whatevered by the Kraken. Now the Kraken, yeah, they're either in the second year, but they've played well this year and they had lost three in a row and people were like, what's wrong with the Kraken? Which is kind of a weird thing to say about a second year expansion team. But uh, nobody was asking that at the end of this game because the Islanders were absolutely terrible and give the Kraken all kinds of credit because they came out and they were feeling their oats. They were very confident. The um, Adam Larson scored a goal. Some guy wrapped it around. And, you know, he was right there. So, so good on him. Barzell, who had 14 family members in attendance, you know, uh, from his old days in junior, scored a, a nice goal, slipped it underneath Martin Jones's pad. Jones's stats, by the way, absolutely hilarious because he's got like 15 wins. I think he's like 15, five and something, but he's got a three, you know, his, he's giving up almost three goals a game, over three goals a game. And his save percentage is starts with an eight. And I'm like, I'm looking at his stats and I'm looking at Ilya Sorokin's stats and Sorokin is what is he 11 and 11 now or 12 and 12 something like that and I'm and his numbers are obviously through the roof and some of the best in the league and I'm like this is just wrong this is wrong this is the problem with these guys right now they're just not capitalizing on on what they have um 
<clears throat> so the first period was bad. Barzell made it a little bit better. The second period was all bad. Like he's like Mike said before, he liked Tolvin and scores his first goal as a member of the Kraken in his first game as a Kraken. You could see that coming a mile away. That was a power play goal, of course. And then the one that got me really mad was Oliver Bjorkstrand. Okay. So the the Kraken have been pressing the entire game. They get some some good zone time. Oliver Bjorkstrand gets the puck kind of just out, outside the slot in the circle. And he goes down on one knee and he scores this like really sort of highlight real goal. And he's pumping his fist and he's, you know, yelling and screaming and he's he's all jacked up. Dude, that was his fifth goal of the season. His fifth, this is the guy who was traded yeah. from Columbus for nothing because they had to get rid of somebody. It's his fifth goal of the season. And he's like kind of bebopping and scatting all over the Islanders. And it just literally made me incredibly angry because this is what the Islanders have chosen. This is what this is how they came out to play in this game. I was mad at them. I wasn't mad at him. I was mad at them. Like you guys, and they're and they're on ESPN. We'll get to ESPN in a second. Maybe there's people kind of floating in. Oh, hey, there's a game on. I'm going to throw it on. And this is what you get. This is you get. You know, Seattle Kraken using your team as a personal highlight reel, you know, thing. It's just, it was, it was really awful. And I wrote getting globetrottered here in my notes. Oh, and Bailey had the, the, the best play of the game. The Islanders, you know, um, scoring chances were very few and far between. He gets the puck again, sort of, you know, near the circles. Not only does he take 10 minutes to dust off the puck and settle it down so that he can get a good look at the whites of the eyes of Martin Jones. But then when he finally takes a shot after what feels like an eternity, he completely whips on it. And some some Kraken defender just picks it up, you know, foot in front of him and just skates the other way and leaves Bailey in the dust. Like I couldn't this happened all game. It was just uh, at one point, Pajot was coming in. He had speed. He had momentum. He's in the slot and he passes it to some some defenseman near the wall. Again, gets picked off and it goes back the other way. Lee was noticeably bad in this game, which I can't remember the last time I said that, like. It was awful. It ended up 4-1 because they had a, a an empty net goal. And, I mean, the Islanders had a few shots kind of at the net at the end of the game. The third period was without incident. But I was I was angry. Like, Sorokin was spectacular in this game. He made 31 he saves. Really Some good. of them were insane. Like, he's stretching back. He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And this team just, they just didn't show. Like, they, it was just a complete no-show performance. And I don't care what day of the weekend. I don't care if it was New Year's Day. I don't care if you flew across the country. I don't care. I don't care who's in the lineup. Don't embarrass yourself like this. I mean, come on, guys. Like, what are, what are we doing? And this is where I, I'm again like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what, what is the plan? What is the game plan? You just spent three games, probably three of your better games of the season, and now this. And like, and I'm looking at the standings. Like, how are you supposed to overcome this and finish in a playoff spot? I just don't get it. It's, it was, I'm still mad about it now. Like, it's like 12 hours later. I'm still mad about it. So I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was, it was it's, awful. It's, it's really frustrating because you know, like I remember driving home from the Blue Jackets game, and I can't remember who asked the question, but someone was asking Anders Lee about you know, carrying momentum into the road trip and how important it is, mm. and he basically gave all the kind of built-in excuses <laughs> you did about you know it's a you know it's the first game; it's usually pretty tough on these trips, so we got to be ready, but we'll be ready, and or you weren't like you weren't ready at all, and um, there was I think three players in this game that I thought were pretty good. And it was Barzell, uh, Sorokin. Um, and fashion. Two, I guess, yeah, fashion was pretty good too, right? Like, yeah. like he was trying and, to make something happen. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and yeah, I think the Parisi pressure line, like with, with yeah. fashion was all right. Like, but you, th- th- this is, you know, all kind of tying together is like, yeah, you, you win three games in a row. It's all feels great. 
you know, I, I just want to talk about the Islanders all day mm. for a couple of days because they're three games in. They're in a playoff spot. They leapfrogged the Rangers. Uh, this is, you know, great. Like, you know, it's high times for Dewey Crow if you if you watch Justified. <laughs> right? Like, this is great. And then you, you, you can't – this in, you need to, like, understand the context. One, one of the great things I think about that Barry Trotz was really good at was being able to like kind of just instill in the team how to like manage situations, whether it's, you know, if there's three minutes left in, in the first period and you're, you're up two nothing and you don't deserve to be in the game. Like you got to get out of there mm-hmm. with the two, two goal lead because the other team's playing better or, or something more macro, like the, you, you're in the middle, middle of a slug fest in the Metro right now where, Every team, the Penguins, yeah, sure, they're they're starting to come down to earth a little bit, but they just weren't a fifteen and three, fifteen three and three rip. The Rangers are uh, are in a great in great form. The Hurricanes, like you said, eleven in a row. The Capitals yeah. are on fire. Like you need you when when these kind of extenuating circumstances are going on, you can't afford to just have the oh, it's the first game of a West Coast trip swing, so we might just not have our legs. Mm. No, you need to have them. You have no excuse. You have no <laughs> choice. You need to have them because it's 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 now turns sure like this game. You just won three in a row. This isn't a must win game, but now you've just turned this the next three games into really important games, mm. and uh, you need to get out of Western Canada with a bare minimum of three points against good opponents, and 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 that's like the bare bare minimum. But you're really going to need four. To, to to keep pace because you you just look around at at what's what's going on and with one bad performance you've put yourself in a situation where your backs are now you got to, to inch off the wall inch off the wall and now you're right back your backs are right back against the wall um because of of what's going on around you like i i hate to say it but there there's two teams right now that look like and this is this can change so quickly of course but like right now the two teams that look like they'll be fighting for that last spot in in the metro are the the islanders and penguins Mm -hmm. and i can tell you who everybody around is going to be picking to win that race right like it's it's and it's it's not going to be the islanders um and and so now you're in this you're you're in this crazy fight where there are four teams within three points of each other five teams within five points of each other in the metro and because you didn't show up to a game against a Western Conference opponent, you know, this is not, it's it's still, the, the season's not even half over yet, by the way. Just keep that in <laughs> mind. Like, that's crazy. Right. Um, you're, you've now, you know, just made it a little bit harder for yourself. And this is coming off, like, I'm talking about context off the ice. Like, the context can even go further than that. You're coming off a, an incredibly disappointing season in, in, in first year in your new building last year you're coming into a season where you know like these guys aren't dumb like they all know what's what the roster is going to look like next year it's 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 it it's very (laughs) this is famous last word but it's very likely that you know this is truly the last last kick at the can for for the uncles right like this is it like you 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 can't you can't keep coming back with this team if, if they don't i mean of course if they make 
the playoffs and have a successful run, then things change. But like this, you need to, this is your prove it. Like you guys all want to keep playing together. Um, mm. And to earn that means you need to not have these duds anymore. And you just can't trust, like you just can't trust that they won't because they, everything was pointing in the right direction. And mm. then this happens and it's, it's frustrating because you want, like I was so excited to talk about the Islanders after that Penguins <laughs> win. And now you're just like, you wake up in the morning and you're like, like, right. I don't know. Like I'm in the same, right. we keep talking about these, how it has been a roller coaster ride, but it keeps ending up with the Islanders basically back in the same exact spot, which yeah. is like, you know, good. We know, we know what, we know what this team is, what they were supposed to be. They're playing on like a 95 point pace and that's, that's good, but it's not, it's just, it, yeah. it needs to be, it needs to be better if, in this division. Like it, there's, mm. Nobody's going to feel bad for you because you're not playing in the Western Conference or in the Central Division. Like you just you need to you need to understand what your circumstances are and their circumstances they just don't have any wiggle room. So yeah. um yeah, it's frustrating. It was just a and one uh, you said it mad. It was one of those games mad not sad. Like you, you yeah. Islander fans had every right to be mad at that game. Yeah. And and the thing that makes it really awful is that I mean they were only down 3-1 going into the third period. Right. And and they do this all the time where like they're only down by a couple and you think to yourself, you know, if they just have one good one good period, they can get to overtime. You know, all it takes is one shift by Barzell or Nelson, one one shot by by Dobson and this game is all of a sudden three two. And then, it's you know, they could tie it up in the last minute. Like we've seen them do that before. But then there's just. Before you know it, you blink and it's like there's five minutes left on the clock and you're just like, what what happened to the game? And then, you know, I just and then, you know, at the end, they're all like, well, you know, we didn't execute. We didn't you know, we weren't crisp. Yeah, you weren't crisp. Every, nobody connected a pass like nobody. And then it, it was just it was a very, you know, to lose is one thing. This is what I always say too. like to lose is one thing. But to be embarrassed like this against this team. And again, it's you know, it's not that they're an expansion team like the Kraken are pretty good this year. Like it was just you guys got embarrassed in a national broadcast at a time when you had won three games in a row. You were making headway in the division, and you just have no excuse. And it's just the same thing, you know. We, we've seen over and over again where you have you they have momentum and then you just throw it away. It's just gone, and you know they didn't seem like really all that interested in kind of getting it back. As far as ESPN goes, uh, I watched the game on mute. I'm sure a lot of other people did as well. Um, their broadcast is terrible. Their their analysts are terrible. I was excited because PK Subban was in the studio with John Bouchagras, and honestly, did did nobody give PK any notes? Like he wasn't really saying anything, anything interesting. Even when he was talking about the Devils, he wasn't saying anything interesting. Looked like he was a little bit sleepy too. Um, they're just I I tried to make a go of it, but when Larson scored that first goal and Leah Hextall sounded like she was about to swallow the microphone, I just put it on mute. Like she's just it it. Again, she's just not it. Like I'm, I'm all for, you know, let's get some diversity in in the uh, the play by play ranks. I'm all for it. She ain't it. Like I'm sorry. I, I, she might be a very very nice person, but I, I just I can't do it. And once it, my friend texted me, he's like, I see a lot of people aren't happy about ESPN's broadcast. I'm like, yeah, I know because it's terrible. <laughs> it's just <laughs> awful. I'm watching it on mute. Some people had Chris King and and Greg Picker on, and I guess that's an option if as well if you have it. But I just. You know, the thing that bothers me again is if any if people out there are like me where, you know, there's nothing else on. It was a Sunday night. You know, maybe you had the football game on, but like there was nothing else really on. 
if there's a game on that you can watch, I'm going to throw it on just to see it. I have the Caps uh, Habs game on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the second half. You know, people tuned in to watch this. Maybe this is the first time they're seeing the Islanders all season. And they're probably just like, these guys, these guys are challenging for a playoff spot. They're they're absolutely terrible. And so, uh, you know, that on top of, of the, the bad broadcast has made it a really, really bad. You, the thing, the funny thing is like, you know what you're getting out of the the play by whether it's Bucci Gross or Leah Hextall on these right. ESPNs, you know, it's, it's going to be terrible. Um, and so, you know, that going into the, to the show, mm. but this time, like, it wasn't just even how, I mean, she was really bad. Uh, I call, she's just not good at calling a game. It's, it's a re- really hard thing to do to call mm. a hockey game. Um, but this time they were kind of like inventing new levels of incompetence, <laughs> which which was the frustrating part. It was like they were missing, you know, shots. There was, I think, there was one play on the Islanders' power play, maybe it was, and like Dobson kind of like pump faked a pass to Nelson on the wing, and the camera followed the pump fake, and like by the time the to play cut, the camera cut up with the play, like the Kraken already cleared the zone. The Islanders were coming back in the <laughs> other way. It was just back back. It's and what's frustrating is this isn't like. The alternate broadcast where it's like, oh, you can, right. you, 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 you sought out this, um, to, to get a different kind of look, uh, at, at, at a hockey game or whatever. This is ESPN. This was on ESPN proper. ESPN, like, if you watch the, the college football playoff games on ESPN, you're, you're watching those games, you're like, I mean, I feel like I'm watching election night coverage. Like, there's every, <laughs> every bell and whistle you can imagine is mm. taken care of from every camera angle. The the sound is great. Everything is so good. And then you turn that game on and you're like, what? Uh, uh, this is not, this can't, this is, <laughs> it, it felt, it feels like you're watching a game on like, I, I, no disrespect to Alan Fearing at all. Cause I think he's awesome. Actually. I think he's such mm. a good play by play guy and really excited that he's, he works for the Islanders, but it feels like you're watching an AHL broadcast uh, because the, they, it feels like they have, maybe one camera in the building or two cameras in the building. Uh, there's a, a junior junior in college who's interning, working the sound, and it's it's just not good. And it, it, it mm. seems to always be that these games end up being terrible for the Islanders as well. Uh, and they, they, their play matches the broadcast somehow. Uh, mm. Which it makes it worse, obviously. So <laughs> it's and then what it's what are you gonna do? Like you gonna we we can complain. We're gonna keep complaining about it every time they're on ESPN. Yeah, everyone's gonna keep complaining. Well, hopefully, about they're not it. on ESPN again. Yeah, for the rest I know. Of the season. And I, was and I said that. this the last time they were. Like I used to get so geeked up when the Islanders would have sure. a national broadcast. I remember, like, remember the day that that the national broadcast schedule would come out in like August, and you'd be like, mm. oh, well, the Islanders have zero games on NBC Sports this year. <laughs> oh, well, maybe next year. You know, they don't deserve right. it anyways. And then they would get one. He'd be like, this is great, and I can't wait for them. Mm. Doc Emmerich calling a game uh, for the mm. Islanders. This is awesome. Uh, and now you're just like, god damn it. And um, yeah. But the uh, the the thing is, like, we, 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 everyone's just going to keep complaining about it. And, and it's pretty clear that the fact that they returned, that this is year two of this, mm. that they returned with this kind of strategy for calling games for broadcasting games just tells you like they just i mean it's the same thing with the the, the board ads um mm. you know i've kind of just like you just the, the league is going to keep 
those ads and they're going to get more hideous as, as it goes on because <laughs> they make a ton of money, right? Like that's all it is. Like they, they make a ton of money that you're a customer like, and mm. uh, in this, in this kind of society, like it's you, you, your, your singular opinion doesn't matter. The fans opinions like really don't matter. The, the world cup was just in Qatar, like, and Russia the year before that. I think mm. sports fans, you know, your lot in life. It's you, you, you just really don't matter. You're going to keep paying and showing up. And um, mm. that the fact that these broadcasts keep going this in this direction really shows it. And uh, the fact that, you know, the, the commissioner of the NHL says that the the digital ad boards are actually like favor fans like them uh, is it just, <laughs> it just, it is a slap, it's a slap in the face to, to like right. the fan. And then what the only thing you can do, you can either not say anything or just complain. And, you know, at least that's a little cathartic, but it's not going to change, unfortunately, because, you know, why would it like, why would ESPN? change anything if if they right. didn't already and it's pretty loud and clear what people think of these broadcasts so um yeah. no it's true yeah. and i mean even when they were on at nbc like you got the full nbc package like it was never this whatever this is and and i and you know that that's actually an apt description like you said like it, it going from their college football or even the monday night football package to or even their baseball package any other espn thing dropping to hockey it hockey their hockey coverage is almost on the same level as like the cornhole coverage or like the uh you know <laughs> as right. one of these sort of like the ocho type of deals that they do it's a domino's championship or whatever the marbles champion like it's, it's that that's the kind of the kind of uh attention that it gets is is on it's, that it's pretty level. it's pretty clear that the league and the and, and espn were like basically what do you want what do you want out of this right. deal and he, and the league yeah. said we just want to be able to say we're broadcast on ESPN and ESPN right. said okay <laughs> like that's yeah. sure and then so the bare minimum is spent in yeah. a, a time to you know they they found the people that liked hockey in the office so Steve Levy who I think is actually pretty good at what he does Bouchergras they called in you know whatever old players they had on the Rolodex and that was it and uh you know now we're stuck with it so what are you going to do? But anyway, uh, fortunately, it's over. And hopefully the Islanders don't have any more <laughs> games on ESPN the rest of the season. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the next three games on their schedule and uh, do a bunch of other stuff, too. All right, so come back on the other side. Thanks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now a word from our sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and The Island merch, 
and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Thanks to anybody that bought uh, any Al Arbor or the Island merch for Christmas. Um, I think your uh, your recipients uh, were probably very happy, as were we as well. Uh, use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at $15 a bottle or less, and available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. If you haven't ordered your Anders Lee reverse retro bobblehead from the fine folks at Funko, do that right now. Funko.com. Uh, I got the, uh, the link in there. This bobblehead is not going to last for very long, so do not waste any time. If you got any Christmas money, go spend some of it. Pre-order your Anders Lee retro reverse retro bobblehead at Funko.com today. Uh, okay, so looking ahead at the Islanders' schedule, they are still out on the West Coast, uh, still out in the Pacific Northwest. They got the Canucks at Tuesday. That's a 10 o'clock start. Uh, and then Thursday, Friday, they are in Edmonton and Calgary, both nine o'clock starts there. And then they're off for three days, which is nice. Um, you know, uh, not much needs to be said about these three games. These are all winnable games. Um, not easy, mind you, winnable. Uh, none of these three teams are having the seasons that they thought they were going to have. The the Flames seem to be in a, in a crisis every week. Uh, Daryl Sutter is kind of mumbling in tongues although he kind of always does that anyway but this is, this really seems like he's having some some problems there uh, uh jacob markstrom hasn't really been that great and they still haven't quite found places for Mackenzie weger and uh jonathan huberdo yet the oilers are two guys we know these two guys it's mcdavid and dry and that's it uh so you know those that team can be had they can be beaten but they could also get beaten by those two guys because they're pretty darn good and the canucks you know, there's no point in using in you and I talking about the Canucks because we hear about them every single episode of the 32 Thoughts podcast presented by GMC Canada. They are incessantly, constantly talking about this team and every single little thing they do. The latest controversy I'm sure everybody's heard was JT Miller. Uh, he had the puck and the um, they wanted to get Chris Delia, who was the goalie at the time, off the ice so they can get an extra attacker on. Delia didn't know whether he was supposed to go to the bench and Miller's yelling at him to get the F off the ice or whatever. Just get It's a whole big thing. JT Miller is like public enemy number one now because he yelled at his goalie because nobody's ever done that before. It's, it's you know, he's probably a huge jerk. I completely I, I believe it. Um, but, you know, when this happens and your team is losing and everything is a circus, the coach is going to get fired. Nobody knows who's, who's doing what. Their captain or the, you know, is a UFA at the end of the year. We've seen this before. We've seen the Islanders go through stretches like this before where everything is falling apart and everything makes it a circus. It becomes a huge, big thing. So um, I'm with you. You said it before. You got to get two points out of that game. I'm sorry. Like this is a team in complete disarray. You got to get two points. And frankly, you can get six points out of these, these three teams, these games. And I would not be surprised, but you could also lose all three of them too. Like I'm not surprised to see that either. And if that happens, um, you know, that's not the way the Islanders want to start the season again. They'll have they'll have time to make it up, maybe, but can't come home. You can't come back from this road trip without points. And and is, the Vancouver, frankly, is as good a place to find those points as any. So get after it. Don't have another performance like you had on C- in Seattle. That's all I'm going to say. You you just need to <laughs> you need to get it off to the right start or, right. or get up like this part of the the trip because, like you said, the, the Canucks. We we hear about this team every twice a week now for <laughs> a year and a half. 
Hmm. Um, and and I, it, it just is bizarre to me how every everything that this team does is reported on like it's you know this right. life or death situation and then yeah you know like, like what's patrick saying? alvin thinking these days what about jim rutherford you know he's not going to sit around and and uh-huh. and let this happen like this i got news for you. he's sitting around right now that's what he's yeah. doing he's just sitting around he's not doing anything <laughs> <laughs> um and and it is interesting like he, he, i think bro horvat like would be such a like you know, I, I would i would drive him from hmm. Vancouver to uh, Long Island, and uh, to get him here, it's and that's part of the fun, the fun part of this this game on uh, Tuesday night at, at ten o'clock, and uh, that you, you you think about like oh man that this team makes so much this guy and makes a lot of sense for for the Islanders who can you know slot him on that top line and then move Barzell to the wing and you don't have to have Casey Sezikis do it anymore. Um, but that's the really the only fun part, uh, mm. because it is it does feel like a huge, huge game that's going to take place at ten o'clock and nobody's going to watch it, and you're going <laughs> to feel alone watching it in the dark right. at ten o'clock on a cold January night, mm. and the Islanders are either going to make you go to bed very very sad <laughs> at midnight, twelve thirty one o'clock in the Eastern time, or you're going to be really excited and you're not going to be mad mm. that you stayed up late. And that's, that's really terrible to, to have to deal with. And, and it kind of is like, like I've, I've said this before, the season's not even half over. Right. So like there's, there's probably 15 at, at the bare minimum, 15 more games like this on the schedule. Uh, not, <laughs> not with the time difference, but just games where mm. we're going to be like, Jesus Christ, they need to win this game. Um, <laughs> And 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 it's not just necessarily going to be coming off of losses. I I was bricking it before that Blue Jackets game because I was, you cannot lose this game. You have mm. no choice but to win this game because of what's going on around you and the opponent. And the Canucks are miles better than the Blue Jackets, and it's on the road. Mm. And it feels like a lesser version of that. And should they not come away with two points in that game, or you know at least a point? Then you're going to a, a forty, if you know, twenty four hour stretch in Alberta where you need to beat Connor McDavid and and I know Drysaddle's been hurt, but like you're going to need to beat either them or the Flames, who, uh, yeah, they've they've been up and down the season, but they they've been better lately. You know how deep they are, um, and it's they're not. It's just going to be a brutal game to deal with, uh, and and should should the Islanders then, you know, we, we look at scenario best, worst case scenario like. They come away of this. They come back and they're on a four game losing streak. Then you're like, well, it's it's probably too late. Like the season could be over, like because mm. of the way that the the schedule shakes out and the division shakes out. And then they the the what is maybe the most terrifying part of this whole thing and is that they then come home and they play the first place Dallas Stars. They play the Minnesota Wild, who are really good, and then they finally get like a a a easyish easyish kind of game against the Canadians. But then mm. they play Washington, Boston, Buffalo, and Carolina the next week. So, yeah. And then the week after that is a trip to Toronto. And right. like, it's that game against the Habs in, in Montreal is not, I don't care how bad the Habs are. Like... It's uh, Luckily it's at home. They, they got a five game homestand coming up after this. Oh, I'm but, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's not easy at all. And, and I think right. it's like, it's, they're playing six at like the, after, after this road trip, they play 
uh, like eight games out of out of eleven for the rest of the yeah, month at home. Right. But you look at the opponents, you're just like, Jesus, it's tough. it's Dallas, Minnesota, Montreal, Vegas, Washington, Detroit, Boston, yeah. Carolina, Detroit, and Vegas. Like, there's two games in there where at home the Islanders are. I, I'm pretty sure the Islanders would be favorites. Um, yeah. Two out of you know eight <laughs> home games. The rest of them will be. Uh, coin flips at, at worst so like this can go off the rails quickly and we say this you know basically after every loss and that's just the <laughs> kind of podcast it is but uh, like they have to they have no choice but like this in a weird way this is the easier this is like a the softer part of the schedule <laughs> for right. the rest of this yeah. month which is kind of hard to think about because you're on the road in western canada and you're playing some you know two teams fighting for a playoff or three out of the four teams are fighting for a playoff first and then the canucks are an absolute circus and they can catch you on any night. But like from there on, like it's, you you look at the other, the remaining weeks, like I said, one of the weeks is two out of the three games is Dallas and Minnesota. The next week is four games and three out of the four are Boston, Washington and Carolina. The other ones away at Buffalo who are on fire. And then the the week after that, it's a game in Toronto home against Vegas. They're away at Ottawa and home against Detroit. So it's, it's really the first or last week. easiest. So, yeah, things are really, you know, scary. Right. And I would be so much more excited about it if they didn't just do what they did last night. And that's just, <laughs> you know, the ebbs and flows of the season, which like I need to remind you, is not even half over yet. Like it's yeah, I know. It's it's incredibly stressful. Um right. what, one one funny thing also about this this month is that they are playing every Canadian team except for Winnipeg. I don't know if they've ever done that before. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, this is why I would, I, you know, it, it really would behoove them to be a little proactive about all this stuff too, because you yeah. know, this, this, this is a, a a really challenging, you know, month of hockey come awaiting them, um, and it's the type, the type of kind of stretch, because the schedule does relent a little bit in February. Like I looked, I peeked mm-hmm. ahead of it, and it's like, you know, they got a game against the Flyers, the Kraken at home, Canucks, and you know, Canadians. It's, it just gets a little bit easier where they can, you know you can see a path whereas this one, this is just an absolute, you know, uphill battle. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you need to reinforce the team to, to, for them to realistically come out of here feeling good about themselves. Otherwise, you know, they're just, you're just basically praying the goaltending, you know, wins you a bunch of games. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, and, yeah. and what's frustrating, and this is, I guess can lead us into our next point is like the, I think the Islanders are, and, and, and not just, because we're in the weeds with them, like they're a very interesting team to me. Like the, the fact yeah. that this 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 roster, the the way it's built, the way that you know the runway is very short. They they have a bunch of cap space. They're in the playoff mix, and they're in like you know 50th anniversary season. The, the ownership group seems committed. They've got Lou Lamarillo at the helm and best goalie in the league, perhaps backing them up. And and you just still don't hear anything about like that kind of stuff. Like yeah. everything. It's so surface level. Basically, what you yeah. hear from the Islanders media, and, and, and we always say, you know, you can always couch it with it's a challenging team to cover because of the cone of silence, but you get three bits of news every Islanders game day. Here's who's at morning skate. Here's who's going to score. The, here's who's going to start in goal. Did the Islanders win or lose? Like, those, those are, that's it. Like, you know, and, and, right. and uh, what, what should be being talked about is, you know, this maybe instead of focusing on you know if if 
the Leafs, you know, breach of the CBA was really them flexing their financial <laughs> muscle. What is, you know, what what can possibly this team do? Like, what what have you heard from anybody about mm. the Islanders that you know? I, because something's got to happen. Like, I I you know, let's say famous last word, but famous last words, but something has to happen. They can't go into this this month. And their game plan being, you know, Ross Johnson will plug in here and there, and you know we're just we're just really hoping that Parker Watherspoon is is legit and and he's mm. showing well, and Sebastian Ajo course corrects, and Noah Dobson gets you know finds his game, but uh, other because if, if that is the game plan, then the next three months of the season are, are aren't gonna, they're not going to be stressful because uh, this the season will be what well, we talking about next season. Yeah, well, but I mean, the only, and we've talked about this too, we've joked that the only thing you ever hear about the Islanders is that people can't talk about the Islanders. And I think what they've done is they've conditioned a lot of reporters, both locally and nationally, to not talk about them. And like, you know, they've said that they'd rather not be talked about, which I get, like, you don't want that extra kind of pressure if you're a player and like, you know, why would you? But it it would behoove somebody to ask some kind of questions, like, like, what are they going to do? Like, I just... Where are they going to go? And, and you know, I, I shouldn't say this is an Islanders only problem because, like, there are these teams in the mushy middle that don't get talked about. Like, you know, the, the, the Wild are a good example. Like, before in the before times, before Kirill Kaprizov, they were the kind of this team. Like, you never heard about them. You know, they might they might sign somebody in free agency and you'd hear about it. And then the half the season would be gone and they'd be in, you know, fifth or sixth place in their division and they'd be done already. So you never heard about them. The Islanders are kind of in that mode too, where you just never hear about what they can do. And, and even like, you know, trade, I'm not saying that we need like, you know, trade articles and cause that's like, that kind of right. stuff is nonsense too. But like, there's gotta be something more in depth than what we're getting from anybody. Right. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not serving any purpose to be, you know, like, I know, I know they do the profiles. I know these guys are trying to work hard, but like, you know, Andrew Gross had a profile on Casey Zizekas and, and his kind of being the Swiss army knife. And that's great. Like, we love Casey Sezekis, but, like, haven't we read this article before? Like, don't we know by now that Casey Sezekis is the Islanders' Swiss Army knife? And to be honest, I don't want to see Casey Sezekis on the first line. Like, I don't right. – to me, that's that's a failure. Like, I don't want to – I love the guy. Don't play him on the first line. Right. That's, the angle, of the, that's, that's the angle of the story. Right. It's it's not – here's right. – this is a Swiss Army knife. It's, holy shit, Casey Sezekis is playing – his second game in a row on the first line. Why, right. how we got here and, and what, what is the options? Yeah, this uh. is right. Like, like, why is Ratu? And I, I get it. He's, he's just up. He's got to pay his dues. Blah, 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 just put the dude on the first line. What's the worst that can happen? They give up a goal. Like, I don't understand. I just, yeah, I, it, it's surface level is a good way of putting it. Like, it's just, it's hard to kind of find out any information about this team from anywhere. And obviously it's it coming from you or me. Like we're just, you know, we're kind of yeah, sitting here talking about this, but you know, we're craving. You know, not, I'm not asking anyone to like, we know Lou Lamarillo is not going to say anything. I don't need to, you don't need to right. go ask Lou Lamarillo, but like there's ways to get in for information or to, to, to read some tea leaves. And, and like you said, I don't need right. a, here's a top 10 trade targets for the Islanders at the trade yeah. deadline. You know, we, we, we right. peace. like, that's not what I'm saying. It's like, there's just a way to to cover a sports team, no matter how shut shut in they are, um, mm. and the Islanders just don't get it. Uh, they don't get the coverage that a fan that fans deserve, especially in a season like this. Like 
They're in. They're in, they're covered like they're six. They're sixteen points out of the playoff race. They're <laughs> they're they're in the playoff race. Like they are a player in the yeah. season. Like they're a very important player in this Metro Division race, which is riveting. Hmm. And yet, like when when people will talk about it, it's you know the ooh, you know what are the Penguins gonna do? Hmm. They they kept the band together. Oh, the Capitals hmm. are are doing this. They got to get Ovi, uh, you know, back into the playoff, or they don't want to waste Ovi's last four years and. Of course, the devils are covered at nauseum when when things are going well, and then when things aren't, you know, there's no there's no hmm, you know, why, why isn't things going with the devils? But um, and then of course the Rangers, like we heard for three straight days about Alexis Lafreniere being healthy scratched, oh yeah. um, and you know what it means to the big picture here, and are they going to trade him? No, they're not going to trade him. They people right. get healthy scratched, and guess what? The next game he's going to come back in, and you're not going to be talking right. about it in you know a couple of days. And, my favorite thing when that happens is fans of other teams all coming out of the woodwork to being like, they got to trade him to my team. You know, you <laughs> get on that. Or the, I like I, my favorite is the you know GM of whatever team. Get on the phone. He's not getting on the phone. He's not. I'm sorry. These teams are all run by the same people. They're not getting on the phone. If if <laughs> whatever reason Lafreniere is getting scratched for in New York. He's going to get scratched by your team, too. We've done this before. We did this with Josh Hosang, remember? Islanders put Hosang on waivers. Ken Holland, get on the phone. Whoever, you know, Yarmo, get on the phone. These guys aren't getting on the phone. They ain't getting on the phone. <laughs> I don't know why my phone just went and, and I, I just like the difference in reaction, too. Like you said, right. like there's always that fan, and then there's the, you know, kind of uh, only lonely look, you know, look at my chart and, and, and sling my right. chart all over the internet kind of folks who are like yeah this is this is the right move gallant like he this is a dereliction of duty like no man like this is how coaches do you need it's not it's not that rare like this isn't it's not (laughs) we're not Gerard gallant is not committing a war crime by by scratching alexis lafreniere (laughs) this is a fireable offense yeah he's he's, he's just doing doing what coaches do he's he's coaching a player um right and and then yeah and then you got the other people and then of course the the then the media reaction from the 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 mainstream media is always you know well i don't think it's situation critical yet but there mm. we are getting to a, a point where mm. we might we might be hearing some stuff like yeah you've been saying that about jacob chikrin you've been saying that about <laughs> bo horvat ryan o'reilly there's about 35 <laughs> people that we're getting to this situation and guess what the person that's going to get traded is tyson jost and you're not right. and, <laughs> and you're gonna, like it's not right. it's not this is how it goes every mm. season and this goes right. into the winter classic thing like i the, Hockey mm. fans are treated like we have no memory at all, and it's yeah. like, like, and the perfect example is the Rangers reverse retro. People are like mm. these reverse retros are beautiful. The Rangers had the same reverse retro two years ago, and nobody, everyone's talking about this. This, you know, the Statue of Liberty is back. Yeah, yeah. it was back two years ago. Am I crazy? <laughs> did, did they not have the same exact jersey two years ago? This one maybe is like yeah. a tinge different color, but it, it was the Statue of Liberty, and we made a big deal about it coming back. Like I remember. Yeah. It's like right. it's a Mandela effect again, right? Like I, yes. I'm pretty sure I watched the Rangers and Islanders play a game in front of no people because there was a pandemic going on, and the Rangers <laughs> were wearing a reverse retro, and I think right. the Islanders won, and they won two one, and then they're playing and the Winter Classic. Like, oh, I was gonna sorry, but I was you brought up the Winter yeah. Classic. Like, it's happening today. It's Bruins and Penguins at Fenway Park, and if you told me that this game happened last year, I would believe you. Yeah, because that's I what, just you know. <laughs> but the way it's being treated, it's like. Oh, 
wow, right. the hockey world is descending on on Fenway right. Park. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. And this isn't about like really the outdoor games. I get people like them and they're fun to watch or whatever. Mm. It's not. It's not like. Yeah. It's it's about the the script that the, the outdoor games are following. Yes. Here's what happens. Who's gonna Who's it gonna be next year? Oh, we're hearing rumors that the the you know Arizona Coyotes are in contention for a Winter Classic. They haven't got one yet. Uh, it could be the, it could be the Florida Panthers. Mm. But oh, by the way, it's gonna be the blue the the Bruins and the Penguins again. Mm. Uh, they're gonna <laughs> be playing at Fenway Park again, and we're just gonna treat it like it's the first time this has ever happened. Like, right. uh, oh man, I can't wait to get to Fenway Park to watch a hockey mm. game. We just, what do you mean? We, we've seen this so before, I'm pretty sure. Like, right. yeah. I, I, I texted you last night. I was like, what was their last winter classic, the Bruins, at Fenway Park or, the, or Patriot right. Stadium? And you're like, the answer's both. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> didn't, didn't Elliot Friedman be like, oh, it's good to see something something different this year? Yes. Yeah. I'm and happy, it was like, I'm happy that they're doing something different. Yeah, nothing is. There's nothing different about this. We've seen these teams play a hundred outdoor games. We've seen this venue before. We've seen this city before. And to your point, we've heard this script before. We know what they're going to. Is this remind you of back home playing on the pond? None of these guys grew up playing on ponds. None of them <laughs> did. They all grew up in community centers, playing at, at schools, doing all. This. It's it's it it really is. And again, it's it you know it's not like the Islander stuff, but it is like it's surface level. Like we've been through this already, and it's the same thing. There's a stadium series game later this year, Hurricanes and Caps at some some whatever stadium in I guess North Carolina stadium or uh, in uh, in Raleigh. I guess I don't even know. Who knows? Who cares? Like, what difference does it make? Okay, the Hurricanes are going to play an outdoor game. Good for them. I'm I'm happy for them. I don't need to see the Caps in another outdoor game. And frankly, I don't need to see another outdoor game. Period. Like, I don't know what. Like, it's just I don't know. So many of these are. And this is not a jealousy thing. Like the Islanders don't deserve an outdoor game. The, the fact that they got one is a miracle. So I'm happy I have that memory and I was there, but it's just, there's much like everything else in hockey, the specialness has been beaten out of it. Right. Like a piece of metal. Like it's just been, you know, they dip it in, in the fire. It gets super hot. They pound it. They dip it in water and they just do it over and over again. It's the same thing over and over. We've heard this script before. We've heard all this this stuff before. We've seen the, the 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 grand flybys of this city before. We've seen these players in these special jerseys that are only going to get worn a handful of times. It's just uh, two o'clock today on TNT. So if you were interested in watching it, turn it turn it on. Uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, sorry you missed it. But uh, it's yeah. It, it, it does like to bring it back to to the Islanders. This is kind of the point, like I was making, mm. that we've we've covered every inch of this. We've covered yeah, every right. inch of the Leafs flying early on Christmas Eve yeah. and <laughs> using their competitive advantage. Oh, hundred thousand dollar fine is nothing to the Leafs. That's they wanted to make sure they got the two points in St. Louis. Sh- mm. Shut the f- up! Like no, <laughs> no. That's like who cares? First of all, if that's what they were thinking, great. Don't give. Uh, shit like i really don't <laughs> and the second thing is like okay you covered this you covered the story in two sentences yeah. you already right. covered it we don't need to keep going and going and going and it's the same with the the canucks and it's the same mm. with the way that the uh winter classic is covered and the guess jacob what chikrin like thing jacob uh, chikrin yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and oh, oh, you know he's he's really playing hard for the for the coyotes and and, right. and really helping his trade value yeah, okay, I, that's great. You covered the story. We don't need to keep going uh, over retreading the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. 
why don't you check in? Tell me, tell me about something that's going on with a team that you're not covering. Like it, there's other things that are happening uh, in this, yeah. in this season. Uh, right. And we're just, they, you just don't hear about them. And it's almost like we just kind of accept, like, except I think you were kind of alluding to this before with, with the way the Islanders are covered is like that. Oh, well, you know, that's just how it is. It's just how it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I You can t- take it that way or you can, maybe you know try to change it a little bit or make the fan experience a little bit better the people that are paying your subscription you know to get islander coverage um Mm. maybe just give them some it's not you know the same something that 10 other people can do pretty easily like (laughs) if you have access to the team or whatever um it's just it's it's very frustrating because this season more than more than unenjoyable, this season's actually been enjoyable. Like I think, I think mm. the Islanders are in the playoff mix. I think we would have all signed up for them to be in the spot they it's are. Certainly been more enjoyable than last season. Was. Right, exactly. Like so, <laughs> and, and and I think that like com- the context of where they were last season and the fact that they didn't change a goddamn thing about this team, mm. you know, that's that, you on on the surface that might not seem interesting. Oh, it's stale, like whatever, mm. but. No, that makes it more interesting. Like, and that makes the team more interesting because now they're in a position to do something. So, I, I, I just it, it's, it's bananas. But we will hear all about you know all the players on the pond. Please, more, <laughs> more players on the pond. Right, isn't, it, isn't it lovely? Isn't it great being out here in the, the, the in front of the green monster? Yeah, okay, great. I'm sure, the, the players are very excited to play in front of the green monster. It's a big deal. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up real quick. A uh, couple of. Quick things. Uh, so we did put out a great episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast, last Friday, in case you missed it. Uh, it is about Brent Sopel with our buddy Matt, uh, who was uh, an usher at uh, Nassau Coliseum for many, many years. Check it out. He's got some great stories. We got some Jeff Tambellini fun in there. Uh, Jeff Tambellini can't qualify as a Weird Islander because, believe it or not, he's played way too many games for the Islanders. I know that's that's one of the big revelations of that episode. But uh, it was a, a great talk, and Brent Sopel is a a really interesting player since he didn't really do much as an Islander and went on to uh, do a lot of great things after playing for the Islanders. So check it out. Uh, it came out last Friday and it was great. Uh, also um, a quick sh- uh, shout out to uh, DG who actually guessed that it was uh, Sopel from the little uh, clue I put out the day before. So good on you. A lot, a lot of people guessing guys we've done already, dude, the whole point is to guess it's a new player. We, we're, we're doing different things. I wouldn't have you guess a guy we've done already. So uh, if you're missing the episodes of Weird Islanders podcast, go back and listen to all of them. Uh, we got a whole bunch more coming up uh, for you for the rest of the season as well. Also, shout out to Jan, our friend from Cologne, Germany. Sent me a very nice email repping the Islanders out in Germany. Jan, thank you very much for listening. And thanks to everybody for listening uh, throughout the last year and the years before that. We really, really appreciate it. We, we couldn't do this without you guys. And uh you know, Mike and I would be ranting about the Islanders to each other no matter what, but the fact that you guys listen to us uh, really means a lot to us. And uh, we hope you have enjoyed uh, this episode and uh, the last year. And uh, we can we'll plan on continuing to bring you more Islanders anxiety uh, throughout the rest of this year and into the future. Uh, so that's about it. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Oh, I keep forgetting to, to pump my own tires. February 1st. First episode of Islanders Award Winners Season 2. I mentioned earlier this season. I'm going to mention them again running up there. February 1st, new season begins. I think it's nine episodes, eight episodes. I forget now. It's been a very long time. But they're going to be weekly, and they're going to start on Wednesday, February 1st. So check it out if you haven't missed any episodes from the last one, which 
season, which happened like two, two, three years ago. Uh, go back and listen to those as well. I've been kind of retweeting them as well. But yeah, Islanders Award winners, season two, February 1st. Be there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're starting with Al Arbor's uh, Jack Adams trophy season, which was uh, psychological torture <laughs> for every, just about everybody involved. And uh, you'll find out more uh, when that episode comes out. Um, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with, uh, with with two E's and uh, yes, I uh, hope everyone had a happy new year and we thank you for uh, for listening and um, for and all the kind words whenever uh, people DM or uh, <laughs> see him at a game or whatever and uh, I, I do so I am sorry that this episode went uh, a little long but um, <laughs> I just can't hear about more people um, uh, you know the pond I can't hear about the pond anymore <laughs> when I'm not hearing about you know w- w- what are the Islanders going to do when they're dressing seven players that didn't start on their opening night <laughs> roster. Um, so I apologize if, right. if this episode went, went, went long and ah, was a right. little, little uh, angsty. People can put the game on and then listen to this. So there you go. Yeah. Plus the Islanders game isn't until 10 o'clock on Tuesday. So, you know, you got yeah. plenty of time. People have plenty of time. To listen I do to think it's, <laughs> I used to, I like, you know, you, you hear it all the right. time when people have kids and, and stuff like, Oh, you, you enjoy that while you can. And, and it, it's, it, uh, I've, I've I was almost a year old and, and I, and I just, now I'm thinking like, like I got to plan my day around trying to stay up for this game against the Canucks at 10 o'clock. Whereas when I was younger, like we've talked about on this, like I used to love these 10 o'clock games and watching the Islanders late at night alone. And, um, you know, watching, uh, Mikhail Grabowski skate, skate down the (laughs) ice at 1130 and then at night. But yeah, definitely changed things. But, uh, I'm, I am pretty excited to, to either uh you know go to sleep very very sad or or very very happy on uh these next yeah. few nights late at night and and be be tired um good tired or bad tired yeah uh it's you're going to be tired either way but hopefully the islanders can can get a win and uh make it a good tired that'd be nice uh thanks everybody for listening we'll be back next week uh it looks like we're going to end up recording on monday so the episode might come out on tuesday and then after that we'll we'll probably resume our normal Sunday recordings, but I will let you know, but it will definitely be next week and uh, we'll see where the Islanders are at after the uh, rest of this road trip. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Happy new year. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.